Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. On this week's show, we have a jam-packed episode, so we hope you enjoy it. So sit back, relax, grab a cold beverage, and let's talk everything there is to know in Louisiana outdoors. This episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors podcast is also brought to you by Blonde Grass Camouflage Systems. Welcome to the most realistic, durable, and versatile camouflage system available. Tired of constantly having to rebrush your blinds? The smell of rotting grass in your blind? Or grass that pokes and cuts? Or grass mats that have no depth in color and don't last throughout a season? No more cutting brush. Our patent-pending blind grass will not rot or mildew and is 100% waterproof. It's available in mats or bundles for any application, whether you have a permanent blind, a boat blind, or a small layout blind. And it comes in natural dead grass colors. And it's paintable to match your unique surroundings. You can visit us on the web at www.blindgrass.com to place your order today. This episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast is also brought to you by SRD20 Boat Products. It shouldn't be hard work. SRD20 products use advanced nanotechnologies in its formulations explicitly designed for boat maintenance. From boat waxes for detailing to waterless wash and wax products, SRD20 has boat care products that keep your boat protected from the elements and looking brand new. Visit them online at www.srd20.com and enter promo code LASTSTOP for 20% off all SRD20 products today. Hey, hey, everybody. What is going on? Jacob and Jackson Robery with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in tonight with us. We are now, guys, headed over to the camp. We are on the road as we record this episode, and I know it's been a couple of weeks since we last got together. Jackson, how's things going tonight? Pretty good. We're on our way to the camp tonight. We're finna go make us some duck hunt. Uh, duck hunt in the woods. It's finna be a great time. Be a good time, man. It's gonna be a good weekend. We. It's hard to believe, man. <laughs> we are in the last week of waterfowl season here for the 2022. 2023 season. Can you believe that it's already the last weekend of waterfowl season? No, it feels like it feels like very short, very 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 short season. So why why do you think this year was different as far as the feeling? Because I was talking about that with a couple of friends the other day, and I, they looked at me like I was crazy. I said, "Man, I said I can't believe it's already over." I mean, we're you know <clears throat> every year I get older, it seems like it, it passes faster and faster. And you always hear people that are older than you say that. And I do kind of, as I'm getting older, I kind of see that. And I'm, I, you know, but it seems like last year, and I mentioned this earlier in another episode, that duck season at one point I kind of hit a little burnout point because things were had slowed down. We had some warm weather. And uh, I hit a little burnout point. But this year, that ain't the case for me personally. What about you? Did you hit? Was there any time in this season where you were kind of like, man, I'm just, I'm kind of tired. I need a few days off. No, it was not. Just because, just because, like, and going back to your question, the reason I don't, I don't like the feelings, like, just because of it, I feel like we killed more birds this season is the reason I think. It's because, like, we're actually, like, 
some seasons we'll go and we'll kill we'll kill a couple of birds but like this year every hunt we've been on we, we, i think we had like what two scratches this season yeah one or two i mean we, we you know which public land hunting we we you always want to eliminate the amount of scratches that you got every and whether or not you public land hunt or you privately you own private land and you or you in a lease and you hunt as a waterfowl hunter, none of us want to scratch, right? Yeah, none of us want to scratch. I mean, that's the objective is not to scratch. And you always hear me tell you, hey, yes, we're hunting here. Or, you know, you get on public land and you might not get the hole that you want to get. You want to, you know, you have to kind of settle for plan B or plan C. But the objective is to not scratch. That's kind of our goal when we go into a hunt, right? Yeah. I would say that. So you think that the season kind of flew by just because we've been so busy this year we had a really good season so far uh now that we're entering the last weekend of the season and you think it kind of just feels that way to you yeah yeah i agree with that to be honest with you uh i think when it's going well you don't want it to stop right yeah you just want to keep going and going you want to keep that momentum going yeah you know what's crazy about tonight is we're on the road tonight guys I'm as pumped up tonight to hunt this weekend as I was opening weekend, Jackson. You know, I got that feeling almost like it's kind of like opening weekend for me today. And I guess I know because it's coming to an end this weekend. And, you know, like we said, we've had some success this year. Um, that it, I'm kind of anxious, I guess. You know, is that something that you kind of feel? Yeah. Like, like, it's just like, I can't believe that it's over. Like, yeah. Like, that it's almost over. But, like, I'm super pumped up for this week. You know, we got some cold weather. We got some good wind. And I feel like it's going to be jam Yeah. Yeah. Talking about the weather for this weekend, you know, we're heading in. Like I said, we're in the last weekend now of the season. Uh, we're coming off of a, uh, of a little cold front that hit this week here in Louisiana. So, we had some cold weather kind of, tap, you know, kind of come through the area. Um, unfortunately, we, we weren't able to hunt. You were in school. I was working. So we weren't able to get a couple of those hunts during the week that I would love to get like during the Christmas break or, you know, Thanksgiving break, that type of stuff. So you got to kind of, you got to, you got to hunt when you can hunt. And that's kind of my point. And, uh, you know, so now the weather shifted for the next two days as we close out the season. So we're going from a cold trend that came through this week for a couple of days. The wind is shifting back out of the east. We, uh, tomorrow, we're going to, instead of having sun, you know, we're going to have probably mostly cloudy conditions tomorrow. And then as we go into Sunday, we're expecting a good bit of rain to come through the area to, on the last day of the season. So that's going to make it kind of inter- interesting for Sunday. Uh, and tomorrow, you know, with an east wind, we've talked about that south-southeast winds. That tends to be better days for us here in Louisiana nowadays than when we get these big cold fronts coming through. Now, granted, I still love the cold fronts. Don't get me wrong. But you get those southeast winds, kind of blow those birds off of the Gulf of Mexico back inland, kind of gets those birds up off the big water back inland into your inland marshes, you know, some of your coastal marshes, and back into the timber where we're going to be hunting at tomorrow, you know? Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see, especially with Sunday, where the disturbance got some rain coming through, like we mentioned. Um, I'm interested to see how it kind of stirs up the birds over the weekend. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, like, like with the wind you're talking about? Yeah. Just the weather and the, and the wind shifting, warming up a little bit over the weekend. 
Yeah, like, 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 as y'all know, with ducks, you always won't win. Win is always good. It's never a bad thing. Win. Amen. But, but, like, with the wind and with the cold weather, I felt like, usually I told you last year that, like, I, I think ducks don't like cold weather, but it's probably the most stupidest thing I've ever said. <laughs> but, like, like this year we've, t- we've tended to do better on colder weekends or colder days. And, like, like sometimes, like. Well, you, know, you contradicting what I was saying then. You so you think in your opinion we've done better on those cold front days yeah. this year? Okay. Yeah, we have. We've had some success on that. I do think that those warm southwest southeast days, you know, those south wind days. Let me say that I do find that that tends to be some of our best days. But go ahead, continue. I don't want to interrupt you. Tell me what your thoughts are on that. So like like I said, like like better on the colder, windier days, like. Whenever it's a cold weekend, it's real, it's real, real good. Typically, or it's supposed to be like, like on a day whenever it's got good wind, good coldness, or like cold and uh sunny. Typically, yeah. typically for us in South Louisiana, sunny days, cold days, and windy days. Whenever we we typically do better. Now, uh, and, and that's of course your opinion on it, you know. And different people, you guys listening may have different opinions on that, you know. So, sunny days, cloudy days. Yeah, exactly. So, sunny days, like second half of the season, which we can kind of recap that in a second, but we've been in the timber, in the woods, pretty much the second split of the season. And I like in the timber, I like those bright sunny days. You get a wind, you know, pumping where you have enough wind inside the timber to move move those decoys or at least those treetops in the timber are, are kind of swaying. You know, you got some movement on the treetops. And I, I, that's my favorite whenever it comes to hunting in the woods, second split of the season, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably kind of what you were, were meaning by that, and, and I agree with that. I like that myself. You know, looking back at this season, we had a game plan. You and I had a game plan going in to the season, and we talked about that game plan publicly, kind of what we were planning on doing we were going to get out of the out of the boat blind a little bit more this season. We were going to do some some uh, you know some paddling hunts. We were planning on doing that. We were going to get out of the boat, you know, when second half of the season like we did, um, and get into the timber. We weren't going to be in the boat blind that type of stuff. Kind of changed some of that stuff up for the 2022-23 season that we didn't do maybe last year. And when the season was over, we had looked back on and said, hey. We want to we want to change a couple of things up. We want to, in order for us to have a little bit more success and and kind of keep some momentum going from last season into this season. This is what we need to do, and this is what we thought we needed to do. So now that we're at the end of the season, how do you feel we executed our game plan, so to say, for this season that we that we're coming to an end now? Like honestly, I didn't even think that. Like I don't think that you and me thought that this is what we were gonna do whole season because like we thought that we were like last year last year we did we hunted the timber a couple times but we didn't do too well as well as we did this year last year we did better in the marshes so we thought we were gonna like paddle in some marshes and do some scouting in the marsh well we that's not what it was this year we got some we got some calls and we did some scouting and like we thought we found them in the timber this year we we, we, uh, we just scrapped the marsh and we went all timber this year, which if you watch some of our videos, that's typically where you saw us hunt. Second, second half of the season. Second let's let's clarify that. 
Because the first half of the season, we were in the marshes. We were in the coastal marshes, correct? Yeah. Yeah. We stayed. Our, our game plan was kind of that we were going to focus on the coastal marshes first half of the season. We typically hunt the east zone here in Louisiana. Uh, you know, so that we, we look at the east zone opener as kind of our opener to the season. And the game plan was that we were going to stay in the coastal marshes. And correct me if I'm wrong, if you disagree with that, but we had talked about it, is that we were going to stay in the coastal marshes throughout the first split of, or first half of the season. And then we would kind of judge it when the split hit and decide what we were going to do. So we kind of stuck to that game plan. We, st- we, we, we started out youth weekend. We went down to Hackberry, Louisiana. Right after that, we opened up in the east zone. We, uh, we ended up going down to the coastal marshes, the salt marshes. But then right after that, we kind of pushed back inland, did some inland marsh hunting. We did some paddling. We did a paddling hunt. I think we ended up with, what, one paddling hunt this year that we did? Yeah, we did pretty good, too. Yeah, we had one paddling hunt. I think we had a two-man limit on it, um, so which was pretty good. And, you know, after that, we kind of ended up scrapping that idea, right? Yeah. So why did we scrap that after that? After that paddling hunt, what we ended up not doing anymore. What what, what happened there? Well, I'll get. I'll tell you two reasons why. Because whenever we're because like one, the first reason is because uh, like it's kind of just it's real hard to get in there. It's like it's just a real workout, and a lot of sweat to get in there. And then, <laughs> and then for me, the second a lot of low water. That's that's what kind of yeah. made it tough this year. Yeah, and but that's usually a good thing. Because yeah. it, hunting public land, it keeps other hunters out of there. Yeah. But that wasn't really the case, right? Yeah. This year. Yeah. And uh, the second reason for me personally is because whenever I was paddling, there was a big old water moccasin on a tree stump. It scared the crap out of me. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. But we blew that sucker to smithereens. So what happened with the water moccasin? That was kind of interesting. So we're paddling and on the like we're paddling through some trees and like through a the, cypress swamp. Yeah, through a cypress swamp and, and they got some you know they got some cypress knees everywhere and they got this little island of cypress knees and I'm paddling paddling and I'm I'm looking at the water okay so I don't run into any logs trying to get past some logs and I look up and like a foot from me is just a big old water moccasin just curled up looking at big me. black. Like we call them here in Louisiana, sapon, a big black sapon. That's what that's what the old French uh, Cajun people called a snake, a sapon. So yeah, so you, I'm behind you in that situation, and you you got. And what's funny about it is this little place we were paddling into. You kind of sometimes when you squeeze it through these cypress knees, you don't have a you don't have enough room to really paddle through it. So you kind of grab some of those cypress knees. And you pull you pull your kayak or your pirogue through it. Yeah, like how did he how he didn't like bite me or try to strike at me? I have no idea, but I promise you, if I would have grabbed that cypress knee to pull myself, he would have been. Yeah, he would have had you then. He would have had you. Now, thank God you didn't, because you were in front of me, like I mentioned. So I hadn't got to it yet, and both of us are both scared to death of snakes. We don't like snakes. Uh, you know, I just don't. I never have, never will. You probably get that from me as well and uh we don't like snakes but when you in the woods as much as we are you know throughout the year chances of of running into them are pretty good sometimes you know um so yeah you tell me at that point that hey watch out there's a giant 
water moccasin right there. And sure enough, the, I, I was a, I was a, you I said, was a hammer too. Man. Said, I was a big you said, one. Whoop, 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 back up, back up. <laughs> that, pulled out that twenty gauge. Fly. My fat butt was trying to back that, throw that kayak I was in in reverse as best as I could to get away from them. I saw the paddle kayaks coming handy with the foot. I mean, not paddle. oh the paddle ones. Paddle. Yeah, like your, your hobies and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, but that water we were in, you were too shallow to be paddling through that. I promise you I, that. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious if that would have worked. I don't think it would have, man. Not in that situation. It's too shallow. You know, it's too. I mean, we were let in inches of water. You know. And you gotta have. I, I don't. I don't have one of those kayaks. I never have actually used one of those. <clears throat> but if you look at them, they gotta be in somewhat a couple of foot of water. I would assume to operate. You know. But uh. But yeah, I, I threw mine in reverse as quickly as I could get back, and I hurried up through a couple of shells in that twenty gauge, and I, I went ahead and I, I I put him in his final resting place that uh that water moccasin that day. Yeah, so. So you think that contributed to us not going back the rest of the season? For me, yes. For you, yes. You didn't want. You didn't really want. Because I, I never heard you come to me again and say, "Hey, Dad, let's go there again." Even though we had had a really good hunt that hunt, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's but you know, for me, the reason we probably didn't go back there is because what I found in that particular area, in this paddle in area that we were in, was that. It ended up being a lot of pressure in that area this season, right? Yeah. A lot of hunters, you know? So, which is an area that typically didn't have a ton of hunters in the previous years when we were kind of keeping our eye on it, kind of watching, you know, thinking about going and scouting and looking at it. And this year, it ended up being a community hole pretty much. It ended up being a hot spot, which it always it has been a community hole being public land, but the amount of work that we talked about having to get into it, it's not the easiest thing to get into, you know? So a lot of people kind of stray away from that. And, uh, that's, that's the big factor for me of why we didn't really go back into that specific area, uh, to do some more hunting. And then we really didn't need to because other areas that we ended up scouting started kind of turning on, getting hot. And then, you know, second split hits and we ended up, kind of making that decision to go into the timber but if you if you look back on it we actually opened a weekend of the second split we actually didn't start out in the timber right yeah so explain to the listeners kind of what we did there well we uh we actually decided to uh go hunt the marsh because we were having some success yeah because we were because we were having some success and we heard some good reports coming from over there and we actually decided to go there and we ended up going hunt there and we didn't do too well as we thought we would. We didn't do as well. We ended up with, I think, five birds open in the morning. Um, made a call, right? Yeah. Made a call to some friends of ours. Because going back on that, on that situation of what, why did we make the call to go to the marsh other than yes we had had some success but i had asked you earlier that week i said where did i want to go the timber to the timber and your your thoughts at the time what did you say to me uh no why because i said there was no ducks there no ducks there okay 
So, how did that end up turning out? Uh, pretty bad. <laughs> pretty bad? Yeah. Well, go ahead and explain. Well, was Dad right in that situation? No. <laughs> I'm always right. Good answer. Uh, hey, that is a good answer for, for a boy who's turning 14 years old this week, huh, guys? A smart-ass teenager that's full of piss and vinegar. There you go. That's your answer you get. So go ahead. Explain. So we uh, we went home to Marsh, and then we didn't, we didn't do well as we thought we would, and then we got... We were driving back, and some of our buddies who typically uh, who typically hunt the timber where we're hunting, they sent us a picture, and he, and then he says, "I'm finna choke you." Who? Wait, who said that? My, my dad. Dad said that. He said, "He said <laughs> I'm finna choke you." I was like, "Why?" He showed me a picture that killed a two man limit, uh, no three man limit in the timber. Of, I was, of good puddle ducks of, too. Of gadwall, all gadwall. No, no, it wasn't all gadwall. It was gadwall, widgeon, teal, and wood ducks. That's what they had, I think, in that in that picture. Mostly gadwall, but some beautiful big gadwall. I was like, oh my god, and that was on a Saturday, and I said, we going to the we going uh, to the timber the next day on Sunday. So we went hunt the timber that day, and we ended up with a two man limit that day. <laughs> and I looked at you again, and I said, I'm gonna choke you again. I wanted to kill you because I really and look, I could have been a hundred percent wrong, but just my gut was something in my gut was telling me. We needed to go to the woods, and I don't have no reason why. I have no rhyme or reason why, other than history. You know, we've had some success, you know, in previous years, and you, even before you were hunting with me when you were younger, and you couldn't come with me, we had had success. And something, when I was trying to decide, and guys, you probably could attest to this, as public land hunters, when you hunt different areas, Sometimes it becomes a battle, Jackson, on where to decide to go sometimes, you know? Because we don't like, you and I don't like hunting the same spot back to back. That's something we try to avoid, right? Yeah. The same holes two days in a row, three days in a row, whatever it may be. We try to avoid that type of stuff. We even avoid some of the same areas trying to hunt back to back some days, you know? Yeah. So... It was just something in my gut told me that opening weekend, that opening day, that hey, we needed to we, we needed to be in the temper that, that weekend. And you know, you were against it, and I, I kind of talked myself into saying, hey, he's probably right because you know we had some success the first split, killed a lot of gadwall down in the coastal marshes first uh, first half of the season. And you know what? What am I doing trying to change things up? He's probably right. And that's what we did. So we had a game plan. We stuck to that game plan. I am right. What's that? I am right. You well, you were right because we still killed ducks. We just didn't kill the amount of ducks that we were hoping to kill opening morning. Yeah. You know. So we can't be greedy. Can't be greedy all the time. Some days you got to take it like that. You know that, and you guys know that. You know, that's just the way it is. Some days. So we still had a successful hunt. That's the way I see it. You know, yeah. that opening day. But then we, we we did make that move, and yes, I did want to choke you. I still want to choke you when I talk about it. Why? So, Ever since that day we got the two, man, we haven't, we haven't left the timber since. We haven't left the timber since. You're, you're right. So, 
we stayed in the timber second half of the season once we kind of realized so let's talk about that for a second because i think this year hunting our our, our areas that we've been hunting in the timber this year kind of surprised you would you say that's a fair statement yeah so kind of talk about that what? about how you were why it surprised you i guess that we did well this year what kind of changed in your opinion from this year to other years you've hunted here just the just like for one for, no for two reasons one just because of the amount of cold weather we've had all year throughout the duck season like normally we'll have a couple of cold fronts and then it'll go away but it just kept like steady cold weather all duck season and two the amount of ducks i saw the, uh, the first day we hunted the, uh, in December, like just the amount of ducks I saw and you saw, we, we knew that they wanted to be there. We knew that uh, what they wanted, and we just kind of got it. Yeah, and, and I mean, we're still seeing big groups of ducks as of last weekend when we hunted, right? Yeah. And 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 does that kind of surprise you for this area? Not really, just because of it. Just because, like I said, because of the amount of ducks we've seen all year and just because like the cold weather is still here yeah so you 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 seem to be all about the cold you think the cold is what's keeping them here what's bringing them here and, well, and that, that from hearing you talk that kind of is what it sounds like you know i can't well another reason is because of the just because they're like did you say they had like a drought up north well yeah yeah up north and the upper portions of the flyways it was dry all year so i think what made Louisiana successful this year and in previous years this the reason I say that I think that that's why is because I've seen this trend since I've been you know a young hunter coming up hunting with my dad my grandfather and then in the years where I was in you know college hunting by myself with buddies and or by myself you know um, when we had droughts low water conditions in the upper portions of the flyways and then you get a combination of colder weather because back in the day it seems like we got a lot more colder weather than we've got in the last decade or so you know then we always had successful years in louisiana and that's i don't have the data because i didn't keep logs back then when i was coming up you know but going off of memories we always tend in my memory to have better seasons when we had those conditions in the upper portions of the flyways so there you go. We get that this year down south, and voila, we have birds down this year. We've had cold weather continue to stay down here this year, um, you know, and kind of sweep across all the the correct areas where we needed to to kind of lock up certain areas in the flyway to freeze certain areas, and uh, and we got birds down south. So I think that definitely all played a factor into a better duck season this year. You yeah. know. So, you know, we yeah. can't complain. Like I said, I think, like, like I said, like, the timber's just been good to us. And, like, I think we haven't hunted anywhere else but the timber except for Kaplan since we, since, since, uh. Second split second started. Split. Yeah. Right. Well, we made the one more shot and then timber after that. What, what, which more shot are you talking about? The one where we went open in the morning like we just talked about. For no, second no, split. No, I'm talking about after that, after the Sunday that we hunted. Yeah. Like, like ever since then, we haven't left. We haven't left the timber except for Kaplan. Yep. 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 Now the area that we've been hunting the timber, guys. If you follow us on all of our social media platforms like YouTube, our YouTube channel, 
our Facebook channel, um, and, and a lot of you guys know. You know where we hunt at. Um, a lot of you who listen to the show and watch us on social media, you know us personally. We run into you. If we if we run into you places, you've stopped, said hello. Hey, we watch you know this video, and you have questions about something, or which is pretty cool. That's what we do. It. That, that's that's a that's a pretty cool thing about doing what we do you know meeting a lot of new people and a lot of you know us like we said so you know where we hunt but if you follow us on our platforms and we talking about hunting in the timber second split in all our videos one of the most common questions i get from people jackson is man y'all hunting in all these little areas that's full of green duck seed and and the number one question that they ask me about that is man those ducks go into that duck seed and what are your thoughts on that? Because I think it kind of opened your eyes, you know, over the last two years probably about that. Not really, because like I mean, I know like the wood ducks love that stuff, love that duck seed. It's like crack to them ducks. They love the wood ducks love it. And like honestly, if the wood ducks are gonna land in it, then I know all the other big ducks are gonna land in it with them. Yeah, and they do. We know it. You know, the Gadwall love it. They've been in it. Well, the teal love it. it. Mallards in there. And I've had some of, you know, some of my good friends over the years, they'll say, man, when I tell them or show them a picture or something, they'll say, man, those ducks, same question that I was just saying. Man, those ducks land in there. They like that. Because people tend to associate that that true green, beautiful duck seed with the invasive species that you see now, like Salvania whether it's giant salvania or whatever species that ducks completely stay away from you know whether it's in the more you know open water or whether it's in the uh the timber or whatever you know and louisiana has become infested with invasive species in a lot of our public land areas but this area that we're hunting that we've stayed in throughout the second half of the season has had this duck seed since as long as i can remember since i was a little boy hunting it and how much longer do we have left for that stuff to keep producing and these birds to keep coming to these areas to rest and relax in the second half of the season when pressure gets turned up on them? I really don't know. I hope for your generation, you'll be able to hunt it when you get older to my age. Hopefully it's still there. Um, but without without the proper care and the proper funding and all that political stuff that plays into it, I really don't. I, I don't know, man. I don't see it, Jackson. I don't see it being around. I do that much longer. And you do, you said? Yeah, like I just unless all this Albanian stuff just clogs it all up. I just I I think it's gonna just stay around. I don't think it's going nowhere because like you go you go in the timber and you don't see any of it going away. You just keep seeing more and more of it. You don't see any of it decreasing. You don't see it disappearing. You no, say each no, year. You don't see it. No, and you're right, you don't. But the one thing that does kind of get me about it is that you do see some salvania. Little pieces of salvania I've seen more each year, it seems like. Or maybe not more, but I see some each year. Kind of mixed in to some areas of it, you know? And, like, depending on what hole you're hunting, like, the ducks, they'll land in that salvania sometimes, but they don't love it as much as the ducks see it. Yeah, it's rare, man. If it's a hole, I think the reason they'll land in it now is because it's mostly ducks you know yeah. and you might have a little bit of salvania like you said mixed into it or something little buds of it you know but 
The problem with that stuff, Jackson, is that that salvania takes over everything. So these invasive species tend to kind of block out all the natural stuff that we got here that's, you know, native to the state and native to the areas that all of us as waterfowl hunters hunt. And that's why it's so important to, to try to combat that stuff while it's still manageable. Because if you don't, then the next thing you know, it's taken over. That's why it's invasive. It's an invasive species because it takes it. It takes over, you know, the good vegetation and all that type of stuff. So, you know, I can tell you, and I know you you tell people that you see us hunting in that, guys. You uh, you've ever doubted an area or not hunted an area because it has duck seed in it? Then trust us, right, Jackson? Yeah. You right. don't want to bypass that. At least some wood ducks. Uh, well. Yeah, wood ducks for sure, but trust us, all the good ducks, I say the good ducks, your puddle ducks, your gadwall, your mallard, you, you know, your widgeon, all that type of stuff loves that type of vegetation as well. I was watching, I was telling you the story about the other day, like, I, I was watching a, a gadwall that landed out of range, and she was, it was a hen gadwall, she was just sitting there eating that, that duck seed, and when we've cleaned some birds lately, I actually cut open some gizzards, and it's loaded with it in there it's even in their throats you know yeah so i don't know if it's little crustaceans if it's the little seeds that go with all that type of vegetation or what but they definitely like it don't think that they don't like it so well kind of switching gears and i want to talk about something this week on this episode that happened to us a couple of weeks ago um and it's very important i think it's something that we need to share our experience our story with all of you who listen to the show and follow us and all of you who are hunters, you know? Um, and Jackson, I'm going to let you tell the story from your perspective because nobody can tell it better than you can because it actually the person that happened, happened to, you. to you. That's right. It actually happened to you. So what we're talking about, guys, I'll just kind of set it up for, for him is that, and for all of you, is that we had an incident during one of our hunts in the timber that we've been talking about, the areas that we've been talking about a couple of weeks back, uh, on one of our hunts, we didn't catch it on film or nothing like that. So uh, we posted, I think, a picture after it happened. And all I can say is that we're very blessed that it was, the, the situation didn't turn out way worse than it ended up being and that we were very lucky, right? Yeah. We were very lucky. You were very lucky. I was very lucky. Um, and it involved a firearm. It involved the firearm. And a lot of times I think we take that stuff for granted sometimes because we're go, 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 go during the season. Your gun's just part of it. You know, you grab it, you know, and you go. And when you get in that duck blind, you expect it to fire when it needs to fire. And, you know, I've been teaching y'all since y'all little, you and your brother now coming up about gun safety. That's always been something that's very important especially for waterfowl hunters because we're we're in tight areas you know when we're hunting being in a duck blind so we had an incident that occurred with the firearm a couple of weeks ago and this is where i'm gonna let you kind of take it from there kind of what what went down and what happened so long story short my my gun blew up in my hand whenever i shot it so we had just we were just finishing up the hunt and i kind of wanted to look at my pattern one more a, a, a little bit so i shot and the first shot my he said my dad said uh 
no, that's not where I told you to shoot. I told you to shoot the other, I told you to shoot the other tree. I was like, okay, well, I'll shoot again because I have two more shells left in my thing. So, I, I aim at it and I shoot. It, it clicks. It clicks, okay? But I see some pellets hit the water. But I didn't think nothing of, I didn't think nothing of it because, like, I thought it was just, like, you know, one of the clicks you get whenever, you know, whenever your gun just, like, you know, messes up. Dry fire. Dry fire. So, so it was a dry fire type shot is what it was? Yeah, but it's, like, shot pellets, but it didn't make no loud sound. No boom. No nothing boom. like I didn't even notice it, to be honest, and I'm with you. Yeah, and so, like, and then I'm like, huh, it clicks. So, I just eject my shell and then eject another shell in it. So, and then I shoot, and then my gun, it just blows up. The barrel blows up, the little hand, the, the little, receiver area. Yeah, the part where I hold it, it, it just flies off and everything. It, it, like, it just, it was so loud. It hurt my ears. It hurt my hand. It was just, it, it really sucked. Like, it, it really, really hurt, which I know, I've seen people, I've seen that happen to people before, but I've never seen it happen to anybody before. And, of course, it happened In person, you yeah, have. Yeah, of course, it happened to me, but, uh. So what what's going through your mind when you pulled that trigger and that happened? Do you remember? I mean, do, do you remember kind of what went through your mind at that point? Yeah, like like why was the sound so loud? Cause it sounded like a freaking cannon going off. So like I was like I was like why is it so loud? Why did why did my hand just fly underneath my body? Because like whatever the handle when I pulled the trigger the handle went down. And uh, it made my hand go. It made my hand go straight down. So I'm wondering why I'm holding the gun with one hand now, and then my gun just feels so much lighter. And I look at it, and half of it's just gone. Like, like all the stuff's just gone. Like I'm like, it's so much. It's so much lighter now, and I can see all the stuff inside of it. And I'm like, what the heck just happened? Did you think you were hurt? Yeah, I was definitely hurt. Yeah, did, so kind of tell everybody what it. Uh, when you say hurt, what do you mean? Like, kind of explain like, that. Like my hand was blue like a Smurf. It hurt. It <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. It hurt. Blue uh, like a Smurf. No, I tell everybody that. I laugh. But it was blue like a Smurf, and it uh, and it hurt real bad. And I just, I just, I just dropped my, I just dropped my gun. You I, fell to the ground. Yeah, well, yeah. When I when I when I shot it, I let go of my gun, and it, uh. It just, it just shocked me and surprised me so bad, and like, and I just, I was on the ground and I was, I was hurt, and I kind of put it in the water, into the cold water to kind of help it. And yeah. It, yeah, my hand and it helped. So, but did, nothing was, nothing was bleeding. Did you, did you think you were bleeding? No. Before you looked at it. I didn't. Think, I thought I was just really badly bruised. Really. Yeah. Okay, so. I'm behind you when this has happened because, like you said, we had kind of wrapped up our hunt that day. Yeah, and I'm just so glad that it didn't happen whenever you and me were standing next to each other trying to shoot a duck or something. Yeah, it could have been worse in that situation because they had pieces from the gun just fly everywhere, yeah. apparently, you know, like shrapnel, you know, and a bomb or something is what it looked like. And, guys, we posted a picture whenever, uh, you know, of the gun itself, what was left of it afterwards. Uh, on our social media platform and I had a lot of you contact me through you know through Instagram through Facebook and checking on you Jackson they were checking on you asking you know if you were okay or 
you know, who did it happen to? Was it Jackson that it happened to, or was it you that it happened to? And are y'all okay? And I can't tell you how much we appreciate the support from all of you who reached out to us. Uh, just from that, that picture that we posted, that one picture. Um, like I said, we have some of the most awesome friends in this industry, um, in, in this community, I should say, in this fellowship as waterfowl hunters, as outdoorsmen. We've met so many awesome people. Right, Jackson? Yeah, we've met a bunch of people just hunting-wise, social media-wise, and just everything. Just good people that have become friends of ours. And, and we can't thank you enough for reaching out just to check on us. And if you weren't aware that this situation happened to us personally, then this is why we're telling the story. Because we were baffled. You know, first thing as a father, I'm standing behind my son, he shoots this shot, and, I mean, it's like a sound that I've never heard before, and I've been waterfowl hunting since I'm eight years old with my father. You know, I've never experienced this in all the years that I've been in a, in, in a duck blind. I've never experienced the sound that I heard when he pulled that trigger and that shot went off. And I never saw a firearm destroyed quite like that firearm was destroyed, you know? Yeah. And, uh... I mean, it was to the point where it was you never use it again. You know, you never be able to use the firearm again. There's no repairing it. And my first thought was, what happened when it went off? Compute kind of quickly what happened, and then I saw I see you drop to the ground, and I immediately put my gun. You know, I think my gun was up. It was actually in my case. I had just put it up. I, I lean up against the tree, my case. And I, I go to you immediately because I'm thinking, we're okay, we're way back in the swamp here. I'm about to leave everything I got and get you to the hospital because I thought you were you went down kind of screaming, you know, in pain. And I thought you had maybe lost a hand, lost a finger. I didn't know. I didn't know something flew in your face, shrapnel, metal, you know, from the gun flew in your face, what it was. And it was a scary moment, man. I have to admit, as a father or... And just as, as a fellow hunter, you know, when you got somebody with you in a duck blind and you see something or experience something like that, man, guys, it'll scare, it'll scare, the, the, excuse my language, but the shit out of you, you know, it really will. And, uh, and I'm just, you know, when I get to you, I'm trying to console you. I'm checking for any kind of bleeding, any kind of that stuff. And everything was good there. Thank God. But Man, it took a second to kind of kind of compute everything, you know? And, and all I can say is that God was with us. We're, we're, we're faithful people, man. We believe in, in the, the big man upstairs for sure. And we don't take it for granted, you know? And that's, you know, we, we go into every hunt, you know? And I'm going to say this out loud right here, guys. We go into every hunt, and Jackson will tell you this. We say a prayer before every hunt that we go on throughout the season. Or we try to for every hunt. Let's say that. And, and we always, you know, ask that the good Lord protects us, gets us back home safely to our, our family. And that we don't have any major accidents or incidences, you know, during that hunt. And we always throw in a little something else at the end, right? Yeah. What was that? That we killed a couple birds. <laughs> that he blesses us with a few birds, you know, throughout each hunt. So... There's no doubt he was with us, Jackson, on, on that ep, on that incident. You know, and, and we've had a lot of people that reached out, you know, that week, that, you know, in the weeks after, kind of say, man, what happened? You know, people want to know, they wanted to know what gun 
what's shale? You know, they want to know. It's like, I guess we have a tendency to kind of go and, and, and look for a blame on a brand or a type of gun or whatever it is. And honestly, we don't think it, it was really nothing with the firearm. We know that, you know, we know it wasn't a shotgun. Um, it's something that, to be honest with all of you, is we're seeing a lot of it this season, you know, right? Yeah. We're seeing it on social media. There's guys, if you go on social media, which most of you are on social media, how many times this year have you seen a post about a blown-up barrel, you know, or a, a blown-up gun from a misfired shot or a dud, you know, something that happened? I mean, something's got to be going on with ammunition or something because we use different types of ammunition throughout the season, you know? For, for a while now, we've been trying to purchase, you know, last couple of years when it got hard to find ammunition, we've been trying to find, you know, whatever ammunition we could to fit our guns, you know? Yeah. So it's not a particular ammunition. We try to take good care of our ammunition. We keep it in boxes. We keep it in bags. We try to keep it dry, you know, take care of that type of stuff. So some of it could be user error, you know? Maybe something got wet, didn't know cause it to have a misfire and a dud you know it could be some of that stuff but really at the end of the day guys it boils down to what we think it was was a dud in in a, in a shell right yeah and when he pulled the trigger and i didn't realize that or even notice it when he talked about that shot that he fired right before it happened he and it was like a dry fire but he saw a couple of bbs come out well that right there was the telltale that some wasn't right. And if I if I would have seen it, I would have not allowed him to shoot a second shot at that point. But I didn't see it. And you didn't think nothing of it because, you know, in your experience, you pull the trigger and it clicks. It's a misfire. You, sh- you eject and shoot again, you know? Yeah. And in this particular situation, it was a sign when he saw those pellets come out that some wasn't right. Probably had a wad stuck in the barrel. And then whenever you pulled that trigger on that next shot, boom, there you go. Kapow. Kapow. You know? Yeah. So we're sharing our experience with you guys so that, you know, you could be aware of that type of stuff. Is it a particular brand? We don't think so. Is there a brand or a type of shell or brand or gun? Any of that stuff to blame? I don't think so. I just think, you know, that it happens. It happens, to, you know, from time to time to a select group of hunters throughout, you know, the year. Now, I will say, like I mentioned, it does seem like it's a little bit more occurrence to it this year because you're seeing a lot more of it. So I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know if there's anything related to, to you know, more incidents happening to a particular piece to the shot shells that goes into these shot shells because there's no way that we're all shooting the same exact brand when it happens. I would, I would have to believe that that's not the case, you know? And in this particular case, you were shooting what brand of shell? Uh, Kent. Kent fast steel 2.0s, which you're a big fan of Kent. You, you've shot Kent. You like Kent. I've shot Kent. Love them. They're affordable. They're good quality, in my opinion. Um, they pattern well in our guns, you know. And uh, it just happened to be that that's the brand that was in there. 
But I don't think it, you know, just because it was them that that's why it happened, you know. I think any brand could have have a dud, you know, or have a problem and, and cause the same results. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So that's just something that now we can look back on. We can kind of – we don't laugh. I don't say we laugh about it, uh, you know, too much. We might have made a couple of jokes about it since then. But we don't really laugh about it because we, we look back on it and – we're blessed. That's the way we kind of look at it, I think, huh? Yeah. We're blessed that it didn't end up that our day, our, you know, in the woods didn't end up in a hospital somewhere or even worse, you know? So all, I, all I'm saying is, guys, just take care of your equipment, clean your guns, which we try to do that. Uh, we had people ask, if uh, did he have mud in the barrel? He didn't. We were in a duck blind. It was leaned up against a tree you had shot that morning. A couple of shots killed a few birds. Uh, you even killed a squirrel that morning with it. Uh, so we didn't have no mud in the barrel. We know that, mm. you know. Um, so that wasn't the case. It's just, you know, it, it, it's number of factors that could cause it. And that, and that day, we had something happen that caused it, and that's what it was. But we look at it as we were blessed, and that's the simplest way to put it. And that's going to be the end of it, I guess, for for you know us telling the story about it. But uh, very lucky, very blessed. So, yeah. but we wanted to share that with y'all guys. Hopefully maybe y'all could, you know, those of you who don't clean your guns or you don't, you don't really pay attention to that stuff. Like many of us do, you know, like, you know, I've been guilty of it coming up through the years, rocking and rolling, go, 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 throwing my gun in the truck, taking it out of the case, shooting, you know, ducks with it back in the case. I'm dragging it through the swamp. I'm dragging it through the marshes. And I ain't worried about cleaning until the end of the season. I've been guilty of that many, many seasons. I can promise you that coming up. Now, as I'm getting older, I'm trying to take a little bit better care of my equipment. We buy nicer stuff, more expensive. So we try to clean our gun a couple of times throughout the season, you know, um, and just take care of our equipment. So just a word of advice, help you guys out. Kind of look for that type of stuff. Take care of your equipment. Take a little bit better care of your equipment. I think it's going to be more beneficial to you in the long run. Hopefully nothing like that happens what happened to us, you know, to you guys. So, but here we are. We made it to the camp now. We uh, we are now, what, 8.44 at night. We're going to be up in a few hours, Jackson. We're going to get a little bit of shut-eye here tonight. And we're going to go do this thing that we love for the next two days. So, hopefully it goes well. What's your thoughts? What's your prediction in the morning? What you thinking? Jam up. Jam up in the morning. Yeah. What you what you what you uh, shooting for? What's our what's our goal? Because we don't get the we don't get the birds late in the season. The numbers we're not killing limits typically right now uh, of these big you know these gadwall and these other species that we kill in the timber. So you know good hunts five six birds right now, especially with all the pressure. The birds are real wary right now. For me and you to go in and get five, six birds tomorrow, that's that's kind of my goal. What you, what you thinking? I'm thinking that we're going to shoot six gadwall and six mallards. Six mallards? Not so well. Six mallards? I think, I think we're going to shoot a couple of gadwall and I think we're going to get a mallard. You think we're going to get a mallard? Yeah. We have not killed a mallard this season yet. Not one. That's weird. We, we normally kill a couple of mallards each year. You know, we we always talk about how we don't get the mallards we used to get in Louisiana. But, you know, you look back at last season, we had a couple of them we got last year. Uh, 
You know, we usually get some miles through the years. I've got a couple of miles. This year, not we are zero. Zero miles this year. We kill normally Telios. We kill Gadwall, Wood Ducks. Uh, so this year, not to not to cut you off on that, but th- we just talked about that, what, last night, night before. We look back at this season so far, we have killed Gadwall. Is the majority of what we shot this year. Teal. Teal, green wing, blue wing. We're talking about species we killed. So green wing, blue wing, wood ducks. We shot a few buffalo head down in the marsh. Dogree. Not many dogree this year. but we. Yeah. Yeah, a couple. We actually killed the dogree and Kaplan. We didn't kill them in the marsh. Spoonbill, pintail. Pintail, spoonbill. What else? Anything else out of the ordinary? Geese. Go ahead. We got geese. We killed a Rossi, snow goose, speck. Specks. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Good ducks. Good. Good. And what I say, I always say good ducks. Good ducks. You know, a lot of puddle ducks this year. Uh, which any ducks a good duck. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna act like. You know, there's not a good duck. I, and you, I know you don't like divers. There is good. There, there is some <laughs> not, not good ducks. Jackson is a diver hating son of a gun. Dogery, sculp, ringnecks, trash. <laughs> you know how many people you pissing off right now by saying that? Oh, I'm not. Yes, you are. Hey, hey, but, hey like but, I tell him, guys, he's going to be glad to kill all that stuff he just mentioned. We get another bad season like we've had. Over the last decade or so, he's going to be happy to be killing all of that. Trust me. I know I am. Hey, I don't take it for granted. At least I like spoonbills. He does like spoonbills. Well, some guys look at that as trash. I saw a video yesterday. Some dude, some dude, a bird came in. He said, and his friend said, why did you shoot that? He said, I didn't know what it was. You told me to shoot him. And it was a spoonbill? Yeah, it was a Drake, Drake spoonbill. <laughs> I'll take that all day long. As a matter of fact, I want a good Drake spoonbill right now. I want That's one bird I do want to mount. I need a... I need a mount, so you're about to drop a, drop off a bird here to taxidermy in the next week or so, huh? Yeah. What what you dropping off there? What you gonna be doing? A big old fat gadwall. Big gadwall, and you killed that one where at this year? Biloxi Marsh. Oh yeah, yeah, down in the marsh you killed it. Yep, down in the saltwater marsh. So that's good. That's a that was a beautiful bird that uh that you know we were invited on a hunt to go down there and uh you killed you a bird that you figured you want to put on the wall so i think it's a good choice you made there so i'm looking forward to that we're gonna be dropping it off at the taxidermy next week and uh i have a gadball also that i want to go ahead and i want to get mounted so we're gonna probably drop them off together i guess huh yeah we'll do that so well guys that's really what we have for you on this episode we thank you so much for tuning in and spending some time with us whether you're on the road headed to the hunting camp you're on the road headed to work or wherever you may be going and you can catch this episode and replay it on all the major podcast platforms such as spotify apple Podcasts. we talk about them all the time uh iheart radio amazon alexa you can get us on amazon uh, everywhere pretty much that you get all your favorite podcasts guys and we appreciate you if you like checking us out on our other social media platforms like youtube instagram uh we do we got tiktok we pretty much in all the major platforms you can go look us up at last stop waterfowl outdoors and all of our great sponsors that help support the show guys you heard us talk about them before the episode started and as soon as we wrap up this episode you'll hear a couple more of them Guys, we work with some great people that help support us, not only us as a podcast, but us as a social media 
platform, us as a brand. Um, and we use products that we believe in, guys. So we're not just telling you to go buy something that's a, that's just not good, you know. We work with great people, great products, and you can trust us when we say we use them out in the field and we put our name behind them. Go check them out. Support those guys. And I promise you, you're going to love the products that they have to offer as well. So that's all we got for you guys. Until next time, we'll probably be doing a wrap-up show for the season, which we kind of did some of that in this episode. But uh, but we'll be talking to you guys again soon. Wish us luck this weekend. And for all of you getting out there to make those last couple of hunts tomorrow and Sunday, stay safe out there. Most importantly, enjoy the time we have left in this season. And we're going to do it again about seven, eight months from now, guys, when till season kicks back up. Y'all take care. Be safe. Jacob Jackson, Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast. Y'all have a good one. Tired of looking for that perfect hunting or fishing boat only to see that it's out of stock at your nearest dealer? Well, welcome to Game Changer Boats. We specialize in custom aluminum hunting and fishing boats. If you can dream it, Game Changer Boats can build it. Top quality craftsmanship and attention to detail is what we guarantee our customers, and we are proudly built right here in Louisiana. You can visit us on Facebook at Game Changer Boats or email us directly at GameChangerBoats at Yahoo.com. Contact Game Changer Boats and let's see what we can build for you. This episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast is brought to you by Beaver Creek Game Calls. At Beaver Creek Game Calls, all of our calls are handcrafted and held up to the highest standards. Our goal is to provide a quality custom call that every hunter can afford. We strive every day with this goal in mind. We also take pride in our customer service because without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we love and that is to make quality custom hunting calls. All of our calls are proudly made in the USA. Visit us online at beavercreekgamecalls.com. And let us build your next call.